Welcome to Design 30. My name is Jason Bilyeu, and in this podcast, I provide design strategies and tools to improve creativity, innovation, and overall design confidence. I'm sure by now, many of you have seen the new Apple Vision Pro uh, that's been all over social media. It's been uh, in the news. There's been articles. I feel like anytime Apple launches something new and creative, it makes pretty big waves. So if you haven't seen anything about the new Apple Vision Pro, I highly recommend going and checking it out. Uh, whether you think it's awesome or you think it's going to be a flop, uh, it's a really cool, uh, well, for one, just their website actually is really well done the way they demonstrate the product. So you should go check that out for sure. Um, but yeah, I think it's a really a beautiful design. It's a really interesting concept. Obviously, it's not the first of its kind. There's a lot of augmented reality and virtual reality um, things out there. But the Apple Vision Pro seems to uh, really be leveling up the game a little bit. It seems like it's uh, a level above anything as far as uh, VR or augmented reality goes that I've seen for sure. So today, I figured in this episode, uh, why not go through and just have a little uh, discussion, talk a little bit about the design, um, and maybe some potential applications of the Apple Vision Pro and just augmented reality in general. Uh, before we do that, uh, as always, please uh, subscribe to the Design 30 podcast on whatever podcatcher you're using. Also, you can find Design 30 on Instagram and Twitter, and you can subscribe on YouTube. And then finally, if you uh, are interested, please find Design 30 on Substack where you can become a paid or or a free or if you want to support the podcast, a paid subscriber. So I'm all over the place. You can find Design 30 in all those different locations. And of course, please, if you enjoy this episode, share it with someone you know, share it with a coworker, or just share it on your social media. That would be highly appreciated. So today we're talking about the Apple Vision Pro. I think there's two different ways that you can look at new technology like this. Uh, the first one is you can be curious, which is the uh, what I prefer to do when something new and innovative and interesting, maybe a bit controversial comes out. It's just being curious about the technology. How does this thing work? Uh, what's the uh, applications of this new piece of technology? Is how they're advertising and actually the way it's going to be used. Uh, there's so many, so many times technology, it's it comes out and it's advertised towards one thing, but eventually it evolves over time and ends up being incredibly useful in a, in a completely different area or just used in a way that no one actually expected. Maybe even the people who uh, created it or designed it didn't expect that. Uh, the other reaction you can have to new technology is to be cynical. And this is, I would say, the easier way to react. 
it's pretty easy to be cynical, especially with something new. There's always issues with it. There's always something that could be improved, something that's a little bit clunky. And I think that's, especially with these, a lot of these augmented reality, virtual reality goggles and headsets, it's really easy to be cynical about them because they're, they're pretty big, they're heavy, they're hanging off your face, uh, they make you look uh, kind of weird, <laughs> right? So we all know like there's a lot to make fun of. There's a lot of things to be cynical about these. Um, but I would highly encourage you to actually look at it with a much more curious mindset and trying to understand how this thing actually works. What's the, uh, how, I mean, literally how is it designed from a technology standpoint, especially the Apple Vision Pro is kind of mind blowing, really impressively done. So just coming in with that curious uh, kind of just learner's mindset, like what is this thing? What is the actual applications of it? Is it only going to be video games? Uh, spoiler alert, probably not. Um, yeah, so just coming in and trying to understand as much as you can and then let your, uh, kind of let your mind wander about, well, what are the actual applications? How could I potentially use this in whatever work I'm doing? Uh, is there any way that this new piece of technology could make my work more efficient, could make my job easier, could uh, make it so that maybe I can do a lot more things than I thought I could. Maybe I can work with uh, more efficiently, which means my company needs less employees, or I can be a little bit more smaller, leaner team. Uh, maybe it's going to help you actually be a better contractor. So there's so many different uh, potential applications for something like this. And I think that goes for things like uh, artificial intelligence as well, these chat GPT and the Google Bard AI. Those, obviously there's a lot of the potential issues with artificial intelligence, but I think for the average person approaching it with this curious mindset of just, well, what actually is this? What are the limitations of it? And how can I use that to improve what I do? How can it improve my business? How can I use it to improve my design skills? There's so many different ways that these things uh, are going to impact the future. So it's better to get an understanding of it now, learn how to use it now, understand the limitations and the benefits. Um, yeah, it's so much healthier, I would say, than coming out with a cynical point of view and thinking of, well, it doesn't do this very well. It doesn't do that very well. And it's never going to catch on. Like, I feel like all technology, all new technology, there's a lot of people who approach it that way. And every now and then they're right, but they also tend to miss out on a lot of these really cool, innovative products and getting on the bandwagon early. So what do I think that the Apple Vision Pro is one of these new innovative products? Well, I mean, I don't know, first of all, but I have, you know, I have some good feelings about it for sure. Um, first of all, I mean, the design of it is just really impressive for one of these VR headsets. I think they actually are calling it an XR headset, which I think is maybe experience reality. I'm not actually 100% sure, but yeah, I think they're calling it an XR. Uh, but essentially, it's it's from what I can tell, it looks like it's augmented reality. However, where your eyes are actually at, they're actually looking at screens and you can adjust it to show you 
the external world around you because there's so many cameras on the front of the goggles. So it's very similar to augmented reality where you could be just looking through glass, but then you would see images just appearing on that glass. But the way they approached it, which I'm quite sure from a technology standpoint is probably the best way to do it, is they just have these really impressive uh, screens that allow you to see everything around you essentially in 4K. Uh, and then on those screens, they can display all of their different apps and icons and other screens and, and all of the cool things you can do with, and with these VR augmented reality glasses. But the design of them is, I mean, really impressive. So that's why I highly recommend going and checking them out, read some reviews on it, but go to their website and just check out Apple's website for this. It's really, really impressively put together. But I think they, they're a great example of the aesthetic usability effect. If you look at these goggles, they're, they look really simple. You know, it's a really smooth, um, nice, I think they call it a single piece of, uh, yeah, three-dimensionally formed laminated glass is kind of the front part of it. And then that seamlessly uh, appears to be seamlessly uh, blends in with an aluminum alloy frame, which, yeah, it's just really impressive looking. And it makes it look like anyone could use it. You saw it, if you could, you know, just see it sitting in a store and throw it on your head, it looks like it would be intuitive. It's not intimidating. And I think a lot of that has to do with just how, beautiful the design is to be honest how aesthetically pleasing the design is so whoever designed this at apple nice job it looks uh, really really impressive and i think they also did a good job of incorporating uh, contour bias so this is the idea that uh, we as humans tend to have a bias with products that have nice contours versus products that have uh, sharper edges and the sharper edges tend to uh, elicit just a little bit more of a, a fear response. I think it, it triggers more of the amygdala, whereas contours actually make you feel a little bit more comfortable. And there's something that we just tend to be a little bit more attracted to. And if you look at the design of these Apple Vision Pros, they have a really nice contour. Like the front of it is just this really nice contoured, like I said, piece of glass. And there's something about that that just makes you I don't like it. it gives you a really positive first impression. And then finally, I think, I mean, Apple always does a good job of this, but the consistency, you look at it and it just looks like an Apple product, right? And I, I feel the same way about my iPhone versus my Apple uh, MacBook Pro, uh, even going all the way back to the iPods. There's just really nice consistency from product to product. And the Apple Vision Pro's, from what I can tell, only looking online, do a really good job of just maintaining that Apple design, that Apple consistency uh, from all their other product lines into this new one. So what do you think, I'm curious what other people think about the potential applications of something like this. Um, I have a ton of ideas. Uh, If you have some, please send them my way. I'm, I'm really curious to hear what people think, but I think there's going to be an incredible amount of applications for this augmented reality. And right now we'll get into that in a little bit about, uh, the consumer use of these, but just, 
I think one of the bigger uses actually is going to be on the industry side. And so I think about this from a mechanical engineering perspective, and I'm just thinking about if I put these things on and I can actually physically interact with the 3D models that I've designed, you know, put these goggles on and physically like grab the parts, pull them around, expand them, make them bigger, smaller. Uh, I'm sure at some point actually just do all of the design work in that space where you're almost like building up parts with your hands. It just sounds so cool and something that, I don't know, I think it's definitely going to catch on with these things. There's a, a ton of benefits to it. For example, let's say you're designing a, a new car and you have just these really huge, intense assemblies of just thousands and thousands of parts. And you want to see how this is all put together, what it's going to look like in real life. And maybe you want to see what it actually looks like on the inside. So if you're in your VR goggles or your AR goggles or whatever you want to call them, your Apple Vision Pros, you could actually expand the size of the car or you could shrink yourself down and you could literally go explore the internals of this whole thing as just like a little, as like a fly basically flying through the engine compartment and flying uh, through the wheels and flying through uh, all the wiring harness, whatever you're looking to uh, double check, what to explore, see how stuff fits together. It's just a fascinating idea in my mind. And that's, I don't know, maybe that's something that uh, me as a mechanical engineer, I just like kind of nerd out on that. It sounds like so such a cool application. I also think something like architecture or just home design could be, uh, I was actually just talking with my, uh, my brother-in-law-law. <laughs> I don't know what you call that. It's my brother's wife's sister's brother brother. So I don't know. I'm going to say brother-in-law-law. Um, but we were just talking about the application of using this, uh, with home design where you could literally design someone's home, put these goggles on them, and then just give them a tour of this home before you ever built it. And as you're going through it, you could move things around. You could add a door, you could move walls. It would just be, yeah, I don't know, such an easy way to get a feel for this home that doesn't even exist in the physical world but you can still explore it. You can see the entire thing using these goggles, which would be, I think, pretty pretty dang cool. Um, the other thing that I thought was, or I think is probably gonna be a thing fairly soon, is someone who is maybe like a service engineer or has to go service equipment. And you could put these goggles on and they would essentially show you exactly what you're looking at. All the different screws, it would tell you, uh, what their purpose is, what their torque value should be. It would tell you where to plug stuff in. Uh, it could be at some point even as the internet of things starts to take off. This was another thing I was talking about with my brother-in-law, La, but the internet of things. So all of these little devices, uh, you know, in the future are going to be connected and it's starting already are going to be connected to the internet and have their own little sensors and feedback. So you could put these goggles on and all of those things would just be talking to your headset essentially and telling you what they are, giving you whatever their sensor feedback is. And as a service engineer, just having these goggles on would tell you so much about the status of the equipment you're working on and how to do it. And you could also use it to train. You could use it to train these service uh, engineers. You could use it to, to train your production technicians. I imagine a situation where you put these goggles on your new hire and you just set a bunch of parts in front of them. And essentially the goggles just 
show them, all right, grab this part, connect it to this part, use these screws, torque it this much, and it would walk them through the entire assembly of this new product. So all of a sudden, you're not even having to, you know, spend weeks training a new hire. You just put these goggles on them and they could be up to speed probably faster and you'd be way more efficient because you're not having to train someone with, you know, eight to 40 hours of someone else's time. You just have this headset, have a pre-designed training. I don't know exactly how you would uh, code that or if it'd be a video or how that would work, but have this uh, training set built into the goggles themselves. And yeah, there you go. You've got a new trained employee uh, without having to sink a bunch of someone else's time, which is usually uh, expensive time because it's managers who are doing the training, <clears throat> things like that. <clears throat> so yeah, that's one that I think is, it's definitely coming. I'm, that one I'm very confident about actually. Uh, and then finally, just imagine using these in your office. I know it seems like it would be a little silly, maybe all of your coworkers just sitting in a chair looking apparently at nothing wearing these goggles. But if you think that you could get rid of all of your screens, and I don't know what you guys, my listeners do for work or how many screens you have, but I actually have three like pretty large screens to do all of my CAD modeling on. And it, it would be pretty nice. Just get rid of those. You could have a smaller space and just put these goggles on. And now you have as many screens as you want, whatever size you want. You can change the size. Uh, you can scale it up to be, they were saying like you can make it look like you're sitting in a movie theater. Uh, yeah, you can probably have all of your software built in that, all of your apps right there. And I could see it where you even have the keyboard essentially built into uh, these goggles because right now they respond to hand gestures really well. Uh, I've, I've been reading a lot of reviews about them and you can have your hands like down by your side and they still have these cameras that can see that and they can respond to your hand gestures. So it's not like you have to have your hands directly in front of the goggles themselves. You can almost have them anywhere out in front of you. And so I don't know why not just, if it can do that, it can probably project some sort of keyboard uh, at least in the goggles themselves. And then you can just type on that. So I think the potential of these actually replacing a lot of what we have just in our offices, you could get rid of your screen. You could get rid of your, uh, probably your PC, uh, the, like the whole tower. You could get rid of your keyboard, your mouse, uh, you almost, you know, maybe not yet. I'm, I'm looking towards the future, but it almost looks like you could just have just these VR, AR goggles on your face and be probably a really productive worker. But that leads to now thinking about it from a, the consumer side of things, right? And I don't know if it's going to catch on for consumers. Um, that seems to be a little bit more of a leap at this point, primarily based on the, the cost of it. It's $3,500 is what they're saying. Uh, it won't release until early 2024. Uh, but for now, they're saying it's going to be $3,500. So that's probably too much for it to really catch on from a consumer standpoint. Um, but again, I think there are some, there's going to be some really cool applications just for your average consumer, whether that's gaming ideas, whether that's uh, using it to watch videos and movies and feel like you're in a giant theater. Uh, it could be uh, doing 
uh, FaceTime calls with people. There's a, there, there are a lot of applications there. Um, I'd be, I don't know, I'm not quite as excited about it from a consumer side. That's where I could be wrong about this. It could really take off on the consumer side, but I just see so many applications on the industry uh, side of things. And obviously I just want to use it as a mechanical engineer because I've always wanted to be able to interact with my parts in three dimensions. I think that would be so cool. Um, yeah. And then finally, I think with a new technology like this, you also have to give it time to kind of mature. This is the first release of it, right? There's going to be problems with it. Parts of it are going to be clunky. Uh, there's going to be things that don't work that well, maybe things that go wrong with it, but you just got to give it some time and you know, think about it in terms of the first iPod, right? I don't know if you remember the first iPod, but compared to what we have now, obviously it's pretty clunky looking. The wheel on it was, you know, I mean, it was really cool at the time, but it, it didn't seem to work as flawlessly as what we're used to, or even what the later generation iPods had. The screen was basically black and white, pretty simple. And you just saw the evolution of that from the iPod video to the iPod Nano, which I still hold that the first iPod Nanos were the best iPods. Uh, that was the first one I bought, and I still think it's just such a sleek, clean, small, like the perfect MP3 player. But anyways, I could uh, digress on that one. Um, but then you look at even now what we have with our iPhones. Those, in a lot of ways, started with iPods, right? Because eventually they became t uh, the iPod Touch, and then the iPod Touch is essentially uh, an iPhone with phone capabilities. So, so with new technology like this, I think you got to give it time to mature a little bit, wait for second gen, third gen, and just see how uh, see how the product responds. Because obviously Apple is gonna get a ton of user feedback. They're getting a lot of feedback now just from this initial release that I'm sure they're gonna incorporate into their uh, first production release of it. And then after that, yeah, there's gonna be so many improvements. I think it's only going to get uh, easier to use. I think the weight of it is a big issue right now. I think it's only gonna get lighter. And yeah, so I'm just really excited to see uh, where the product goes and I thought it was worth talking about. It seems like it's kind of a perfect example of a lot of these different uh, design principles. Like I said, the aesthetic usability effect. I mean, Apple always does a good job with that. Uh, the contour bias, especially for the initial release of a product. Uh, contour bias is actually something you should take advantage of uh, when you want to make a good first impression on someone. Uh, and then finally, the consistency, which uh, we've all come to expect this kind of consistency from Apple. But again, it really feels like they nailed it with this, at least the design of these Apple Vision Pros. And so that's all I have on that today. I think I'm going to leave this episode there for now. Uh, as always, please follow Design30 on Instagram and Twitter. And like I've been saying, I've been spending a lot more time on Twitter recently, which has been pretty fun. It's, it's very much more focused on uh, thoughts and people's ability to write, which I don't know. I think it's, it's kind of a different dynamic than, than Instagram, which is a lot more visual. So been enjoying that. So if you have a Twitter, make sure to follow design 30 there. And 
As I've mentioned before, if you want to support the podcast, one of the best ways you can do that is to just share this episode, which I would be very appreciative of. And of course, you can also become a free or a paid subscriber to the Design 30 Substack. And that is it. So everyone, have a great week. And remember, design more, despair less. Thanks for listening.